right, well, uh, you know what they say when uh, there's sound issues, you know, we like to blame it on the devil, so I think the Lord might want to do something in our midst today, and I pray that, as Jason said, that we won't see the service as segmented as we've done with the music now, let's get to the, uh, the message, but that we would have that continual heart, that this is about Jesus. And this is about his word. And so I pray that God would speak to us now. Lord, we pray that you would speak through your word today. We're in a series called Family Vacation, and we're looking naturally because we, many of us have gone on vacation or will be going on vacation soon. It just fits. But we're looking at how the Proverbs engage our minds and our hearts with the wisdom of God and, and how we can live our lives uh, traveling along this road of life with the wisdom of God, with Him guiding us, leading us, uh, taking us where we need to be. That's, you know, uh, what we see a lot in the book of Proverbs. We see uh, many of them, uh, Solomon, uh, the father speaking to the son, giving him wisdom on how to live his life mindful of God's uh, dealings with him and mindful of God's presence in his life. And uh, I don't know about you, this happens to me too often, but when I'm traveling, uh, there's oftentimes, especially if I'm traveling a familiar road, uh, even if I'm not supposed to be going that way, I get stuck in my habit. Anybody else, please say somebody else, because... My wife loves to tell me that I'm absent-minded in those moments. Thankfully, I only saw a couple of hands, so either you're lying or I'm just really bad off. But um, no, I'm totally joking. But honestly, I, I, I do. I, I'll get in the rut, and uh, I'll, I'll be, and I'll also be like, uh, you're supposed to turn left there. You just turn right. I mean, we're going, where are we going, you know? And, uh, and you know, you've heard my stories of... Um, you know, we lived in Atlanta for so long that I, everything was always get on 75 North. That was just always what it was when shortly after we moved here, we were in Chattanooga, and I just defaulted to 75 North, and I ended up in Cleveland before we had any idea where we were going. We weren't going to Cleveland. We were going home, and so that happens to me oftentimes. We stop, miss a stop, turn around, uh, and those kind of things. I have to do it more than I should, so... Uh, what, how that correlates to our own lives and, and, and really this series and, and particularly this text is that sometimes we're tempted to go somewhere we shouldn't. And oftentimes in our lives, if we're honest with ourselves, we go back to somewhere that we should have left in our rearview mirror. We turn around again and again and again and find ourselves back to a place that's either harmful to us or was harmful to us, and we love to recall the memory of it. Or perhaps we enjoy going back to the way we once lived or our sinful way before, and we, we are always tempted to go back into that spot, into that place, and 
relive those things or relive those joys or relive the things that the Lord took us out of and, and brought us to such more fulfillment. And those things are so much more, uh, so less uh, mindful or things that we should be a part of, but we just are tempted. What if, what if we went back there? I'm reminded, I'm reminded of the Israelites. Think about the Israelites. They'd been in captivity in Egypt for 400 years. They were beaten and treated poorly so many times and for so long. Their firstborn sons were killed because they were concerned about them growing to such a number that was uncontrollable. And when Moses and God delivered them from their exile, delivered them from their slavery, delivered them from their pain, but they met with obstacles that seemed unsurmountable, what did they say to Moses? We have no food here. We have nothing to eat, at least in our slavery, at least in our pain, at least in what we were living in, the horrid situations, at least we could eat something with sustenance. They said at least they got steak over there. And right here we're just eating this bread that we eat every day, right? The manna from heaven. I mean, you got bread falling from heaven and you want to go back to slavery and eat steak. But that's how we do. We, we are like that. We are the Israelites from time to time in our own lives. So we say, look at the fullness of what Christ has provided. Look at the freedom he's given us. Look at where we are in the land of promise. But I wonder what it'd be like if I just had a taste of what I once had. And we go back, and we go back. We're tempted to go back. And even though it didn't go well, and even though we would never want that lifestyle again, we do tend to look back from time to time. I want to look at the wisdom found in Proverbs 26, 11 and 12, and I think it helps us to see how this mindset and this thought is really foolishness. Would you stand in the honor of reading God's Word, His holy, inerrant, inspired Word, Proverbs 26, 11, and 12. As a dog returns to its vomit, so also a fool repeats his foolishness. Do you see a person who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. This is a hard word. This is difficult because if we do identify with this thought of, yeah, that's me. Some, from time to time, I, I look back. I, I, I wonder what was there. Think about Lot's wife, right? And, and she's delivered from Sodom and Gomorrah. The Lord has brought this amazing thing. This, these angels come to deliver them out, and they just can't look back. But what does she do? She just got to get a little peek and turns to a pillar of salt. We, we understand these stories because we understand these stories capture our own hearts at times. And in this passage, I think we see two things about foolishness and the foolishness of returning to former ways and to the sin in our own life and the snares that we once were in and have been freed from, but are the foolishness of going back to those things. Number one, we see that returning to foolishness will bring us harm. Will bring us harm. We 
tend to minimize the effects of sin, don't we? We tend to minimize, let me say that again. We tend to minimize sin and its effects. Well, it's just a little white lie, right? That's something we say in our culture. I, unfortunately, it's something I hear in my household quite often is, well, it's just a little bit, Dad. It's just this one thing. I just was pretending I was just being silly. I was just, we minimize our sin and the harm that it brings and the effects that it has on our lives. We minimize it. Well, it's just, you know, one thing. It's just one uh, time. It's just this once. We minimize our sin. We don't realize it, it is harmful. Sin is harmful. Sin, sin is not just harmful physically or, or uh, consequentially in our relationships, but ultimately sin is the thing that leads to eternal damnation. Sin is the thing that separates us from God Almighty, and the sin is what Jesus died for to give us life and fulfillment and eternity in Him. We tend to minimize the effects of sin on our own lives. The writer of this Proverbs likens the ridiculousness of a dog eating its own throw up, which we know, if you've had a dog, I don't know, mine, mine has done that. It's, it's like, what are you thinking, man? Like, we have real food over here, you know? But the ridiculousness of that, and he likens that to how we continue to go back to the harmful behaviors in our lives. And he uses the word foolishness, and this, it, it could mean folly. It, it, it even could just be, the word that's used here could even just be stupid. I don't know another way to say that as effective as that. It's just dumb. It's dumb to live that way is what the proverb is saying, what the writer of Proverbs is saying. But if we're honest, there are times when we find ourselves in the same place again and again, and we end up saying to ourselves, how did I get here? Or how did I get here again? Foolishness is how this is categorized. It's lunacy. As much as you wouldn't go back to vomit and eat that instead of real food, why would we go back to the way we once lived and return to our foolishness when we have life and sustenance and beauty and glory above and, and, and before us in Christ? Second thing we see here is that it is even more foolish to turn to your own wisdom. That's what he says in verse 12. And I'm sure you understand that the Proverbs are not necessarily meant to be read as, as a whole section or whatever, but sometimes there is a theme, and that's what's happening here. It's two separate Proverbs, but two similar themes, and it helps us to see two things about the foolishness of sin and the foolishness and how that originates. So that's what we see here. We see in the second part where foolishness originates, where it begins. It's when we listen to our own best thinking. If I were going to translate this one proverb, do you see a person who is wise in his own eyes? 
there's more hope for a fool than for him. But I was going to translate that in, in the DST, which is the Derek's simple translation. Thank you for laughing at that. I, I wrote that, and I thought, I wonder if anybody will think that's funny, except for me. I, it would be, someone who is wise in their own eyes is dumber than dumb, right? That's the DST. Someone who is wise in their own eyes is dumber than dumb. Proverbs 21.2 also says this, All a person's way seems right to him, but the Lord weighs the heart. The Lord weighs the heart. See, you may seem wise, and it may seem like you have it all together, where it needs to be lined up just perfect, but Jesus knows you at your core, at the depth. When all is stripped away, he knows what's on the inside. Consider what he told the Pharisees that were mocking him because Jesus said to them that someone couldn't serve God and money at the same time. This is, this is so they're mocking him. Luke 16, 14 through 15. Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all these things and they ridiculed him. And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. You see, the thing is, is when we use our best thinking, when we use our reasoning, and our reasoning when it's only ours and it has nothing to do with us weighing it against what God wants, when we use that, if we are not careful, it will lead us to a place not only that is errant in thinking, but it will lead us to a place that is, according to the Scripture, an abomination before God. When we use our own thinking and derive our own wisdom, it is foolishness. You see, our best thinking is clouded and faulty and in need of redeeming. We understand this because Paul helped us to see this in Romans 12, 1 and 2. He says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, so that's what we ought to have in view, not our own wisdom, not our own thinking, but God and his mercies. When we view that, he says, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. And then he says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed. You see, you and I, our thinking needs to be transformed by God and in the view of his mercies and as a living sacrifice. We got to kill our own thinking and our own living and our own sin and all the things that, that are behind us and live in the freedom and the fullness of knowing Jesus. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed. How? 
by the renewing of your mind. We've got to renew our thoughts. Our thoughts have to be redeemed by Jesus so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. You see, our wisdom is foolishness. wisdom. We have a way of thinking that is not foolish, a direction to train our lives in, a road to travel down, aiming our lives toward what is lasting and holy and is not folly. And that is before us. And when we return to the way we once lived, it is folly and foolishness and lunacy. And so, friends, we, we must walk toward Christ. I would say run toward him. Run away from the ways that, of the world and the ways that we once lived and run to the arms of Christ. Learn, run to him to be transformed by him, to be redeemed by him, to be saved by him. We place our trust in Jesus. Not just a decision today, but a daily decision to follow him and his ways. I value, I value this altar. I, I, I have bowed at an altar in three churches in my life. I've only been, I've only been a member of three, right? So it might have been more than that, but in three that I bowed multiple times. And I value that. I value today if God is working on your heart and your life and he calls you to come and lay your burdens at his feet, I, I value this. I encourage you to do that. But if all you do is make a decision today to do that, yet tomorrow you pick up the, the things that you shouldn't hold on to, the shackles that bind you and put them back on and live your life, we failed. We failed. It's a decision we've got to make every day, to wake up every day and say, I want to walk with you today, Lord. I need you today. I don't want to walk in my foolish wisdom. I want to walk in the wisdom of Christ. Retrain my mind. Renew my mind today. I think 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 25 helps us to see the difference of foolishness according to our our own foolishness, and then the world, the world will think what we do is foolish. Look at this. This is an amazing way to describe it. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 25. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Listen, listen to this. But it is the power of God to those who are being saved. What is foolishness according to the world? Is the power of God in our lives. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will set aside the intelligence of the intelligent. Where, the one who, where is the one who is wise? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the debater of this age? Hasn't God made the world's wisdom foolish? For since in God's wisdom the world did not know God through wisdom, God was pleased to save those who believe through the foolishness of what is preached. 
For the Jews ask for signs and the Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Jesus Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Yet to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. You want to know how to avoid foolishness? How to avoid being like that dog that keeps on going back to its, uh, the stuff its body got rid of? Train your eyes on the cross of Christ. Jesus died so that you could be saved, friends. Jesus died so that you could have life Eternal, And I guarantee you, all the things this world will say it offers you will one day burn up like wood, hay, and stubble. But the thing that will last is Christ and knowing him and placing our hope and trust in our lives in his care and keeping. I do pray today that God would move in your heart. Maybe he's leading you to come and lay something before him today. I encourage you, if he's calling you to do that, listen. He's stirring in your heart for you to trust him in salvation. I encourage you, don't leave today until you've done business with God Almighty through the cross of Christ given freely to you and me we have life abundant available to us eternal life and would you trust that it's not foolishness it's not folly it's not lunacy and so would you trust in him today you have to do that because I have to do that for myself I wish I was capable of doing that for you too. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I'm not the Holy Spirit. And my prayer is that if he is speaking to you now, you would listen and you would heed his words. Don't let another day go not following his ways. Let's pray. God, we pray that you would work in our hearts and our lives, God, individually, collectively, that we would train our eyes, focus on Christ, live our lives in the freedom that Christ's cross brings for us. We pray this in Jesus' name.